0: The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily express those held by this station or its advertisers, and are strictly the opinions held by those contributing to the show. Welcome to the Eric Little High School Football Podcast, your home for news, discussion, and opinions about high school football in the Mid-Ohio Valley. And now, here's your host, Eric
1: Little. Welcome inside the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. Again, I am the namesake, Eric Little. Happy to have you with us for this 13th episode of the year, our 10th High School Football Regular Season Week of the Year. Hard to believe it has flown by. I was talking to River High School head coach Mike Flannery earlier this week, and he called it the fastest 10 weeks of the year. Of course, in Ohio, they don't have a bye week, so it's just 10 straight weeks in Ohio. And he's right. It's the fastest 10 weeks of the year. I was commenting on that just a few moments before recording today. I was talking to Ryan Watson in the hallway, and he was saying the exact same thing. Ryan, by the way, is the voice here at the beginning of the program. We thank him for doing that for us each and every week. Of course, this is a weekly podcast about high school football in West Virginia. If you're new to the program or new to what's going on here, or if this was Share it on your Facebook page, and you don't quite know why it's there or what it is. That's what this is, and we're glad to have you with us today. We'll preview some of the big games from the area, including a matchup between River and Frontier in Ohio that's going to decide a playoff spot for all intents and purposes. We'll talk about last week's poll, whether or not that Class A race is as wide open as people think, and we'll talk about this week's poll, and i got a doozy of a question for you. But let's take a look first at last week's games. Parkersburg South is now 8-0 after their win against Greenbrier East. They were leading 7-3 to in that game until they put the pedal to the metal and scored the next. 35 points of the game to make it a laugher from there on out. Green and Briar East got a touchdown in garbage time late, but as Packers worked South, it looked a lot more focused than maybe they had on the road in each of the last two weeks. They eliminated the mistakes of those last two games. Six touchdowns from Brandon Penn as he rediscovered some of his receivers. Four of those touchdowns were through the air, two of them to Jake Hogsett, one to Levi Rice, and one to Dylan Day, but Penn also ran for two scores. For Penn, I think it was a bit of a personal monkey off of his back. The team had played well in the last two games, or played well enough to win, largely behind the running of Devin Gaines and and a stern defense, to which Penn contributed greatly. But, on offense, the Patriots had just one touchdown from Penn in those previous two games, making for lost time a little bit with that six-touchdown effort against Greenbrier East. The defense put the heat on the Spartans all night long, and that was a Spartans team that had nothing to lose at all. They were 5-2, and two, still considered the underdogs. It was Parkersburg South that had everything to lose at 7-0. and zero. That's not how things went down. The Patriots dominated from the get-go, and they were the aggressors, make no mistake about it. So they'll have Wheeling Park on Friday. The Patriots will face 6-2 and Wheeler Park. South is looking to go 9-0 for the first time since 1975. The Patriots have never had an unbeaten regular season in school history, not even in the state championship year of 2003. So, the Parkersburg South Patriots starting to head into uncharted waters here in this 2019 campaign. Ritchie County stubbed their toe a little bit last week. They stumbled in a 20-7 win over 3-5, and now 3-6 and Wirt County. The Rebels were playing without Gus Morrison and running back Garrett Owens. This is still a team that very much is learning how to win. They've not been in this position a lot in the program history. You look at Ritchie County Athletics of the last few years, the baseball team was one game away from the state tournament last year, and a lot of these players are the same players as that team, but this is still a team that hasn't had that win in any sport, much less football, that really has put them over the hump, at least on the boys' side. Ritchie County actually trailed that game at the half 7-6 to six before they outscored the Tigers 14-6 to six in the second half. In the second half they came out and got a one-yard touchdown run from Ethan Hot and a five-yard touchdown run from Trey Moss, but the Rebels really were held in check by Work County in a way that they really haven't been, maybe not the entire season, but at least not in a long time. On 50 carries, the Rebels managed just 154 rushing yards. They only threw it for 75 yards. 229 is either close to or it is a season low in total offense for the Rebels, so we'll see if they bounce back as they face Gilmer County on Friday. Williamstown pulled away from Parkersburg Catholic. They had a big night from Ty Moore in a season full of big nights. The latest, four touchdown runs, and he came close to 200 yards in the air, but maybe what's most impressive is the Williamstown defense. They picked up a safety in that game, and they bottled up Jeb Boyce. He threw for a touchdown and ran for a score for Parkersburg Catholic, but only 116 rushing yards on 29 carries for Boyce. He's not been bottled up that way by a lot of guys, so not only did Williamstown bottle up Boyce and they got a safety, they also created three takeaways. One, when they fell on a fumble, and two, on interceptions against two different Parkersburg Catholic quarterbacks. So, a big defensive effort from Williamstown will have much more in the Yellow Jackets coming up. Frontier blew a halftime lead and a loss to Monroe Central. This is probably one of the more surprising outcomes of last week, and definitely If you're the Cougars, one of the more upsetting losses of the year and difficult losses of the year. They were up in that game 22-6 late in the first half, but Monroe Central scored the final 19 points of the game to upset Frontier. I think a big difference in that game came because Joel Lewis of Frontier scored with 53 seconds left in the first half to put the Cougars up 22-6, but Monroe Central got a big kick return after that, and that set them up in Frontier territory. They scored with 17 seconds left in the half to cut that down to a 10-point halftime lead need, before Monroe Central scored two touchdowns in the second half. Frontier really didn't do a whole lot on offense, and I visited with Russ Morris, the head coach of the Cougars yesterday, and they were disappointed, and he made no bones about it. He said, I'm not going to lie, I'd rather come into this game with River at 9-0, because they have River. We'll talk about River in a minute. But Frontier is 7-2, and both those Cougar losses by three points each, and now they've got to win against River to get in to the postseason. River comes in at 5-4, and the 36-14 to win over Caldwell. They need to win, they need Sims Valley to lose, and they need Eastern to win in the Meigs County Super Bowl against Southern. Whoever wins would play in the postseason a week from Saturday, but again, there's likely one spot for both of those teams. Frontier, if they win, they're probably in. River needs to win and get some help to get in, and that's not help that's out of the realm. Sims Valley has a nine-win team that they're going to be playing this week, Well, Eastern and Southern is no gimme either. That's a toss-up there, and Eastern's the team with the better record, but that'll be a tough game. First things first, River has to beat Frontier, and that won't be easy for them. Both these teams have a lot of weapons, We'll talk about that one here in a little bit. St. Mary's and Tyler Consolidated both took care of business. Tyler Consolidated rolled for Magnolia and an especially nice win for St. Mary's against South Harrison. Here's what impresses me the most about that game. St. Mary's controlled after one half. They let 18 to nothing in the half. And after South Harrison scored late in the third quarter to make that a 10-point game, St. Mary's answered right away. Brenham Boron's one-yard touchdown run in the fourth quarter came on the first play of the quarter for one and only about five and a half minutes in game time after that South Harrison score. So credit for the St. Mary's kids for being able to understand that they needed to answer that score to pull away with the win and for holding a pretty good South Harrison team to just 130 yards of total offense. Boron ran for two touchdowns, through for another for St. Mary's. So, uh, again, credit the Blue Devils on a nice win for St. Mary's as they go to 6-2 and two and they visit Ravenswood on Friday. Tyler Consolidated goes against Valley on Friday and then those two teams meet head-to-head in Week 11. And Parkersburg High School got a needed win against Spring Mills, likely enough to get in with The 27-7 win. They're now 5-3. Though they'd like wins in their final two games against Huntington and South, not going to be easy. Huntington's 4-4, South, of course, unbeaten at 8-0. It's a PHS team that was dealt a really cruel and unfortunate blow last week when they learned that they would be without senior Braden Mason for the rest of the season. In a tweet, Mason announced that his high school athletic career was over thanks to a torn ACL in the Hurricane game. He did score three touchdowns in that game on passes from Bryson Singer. And without Mason, it was a run-based PHS attack. 283 ground yards of their 303 total yards. Singer ran for a score. Anthony Craig ran for two for PHS, and they got an interception return from Sam Potts on his fourth pick of the year. That's a single season school record as PHS finding a way to do it in a 27-7 win against Spring Mills. I think late season injuries, by the way, are a lot more difficult to overcome because you've got less time to figure it out. Let's be honest. As long as you get enough wins to get into the playoffs, that's really all that matters in West Virginia. Some states, you have to win a conference to get into the postseason or get a certain slot in the postseason, but really you just have to do enough to get into the tournament, and anything can happen. So if you're a good team that knows you'll be good, but banged up early in the year, you can rally and get guys back, and you can win a state championship from anywhere in that field, particularly if you're in Class A or AA. A little tougher in AAA sometimes, or at least if you're in a class where there's not one predominant, overwhelming favorite. Uh, Wheeling Central, in particular, we've talked about this before, they've won from all over the bracket. We'll talk about that in just a little bit, in fact. But once you get into the tournament, it doesn't really matter where you're seated, as long as you can play winnable games, and as long as you're not a Afraid to do it. So if you've got the talent, you can weather the early season injuries as long as you get those guys back. But if you lose guys late in the year, not only are you not going to get them back, you've just got less time to adjust and figure out where you're going to go from there. So those late season injuries are just brutal to a team's postseason hopes. And again, PHS with just two weeks to figure it out before the postseason after losing Mason against Hurricane a couple weeks ago. Watch high school football live streamed to wherever you are. Don't miss the Moran Construction Game of the Week on 1455 Sports. Log on to 1455media.com live. That's the word word 14 and the number 55 for great coverage of the area's biggest games join us this week for a doubleheader as parkersburg catholic hosts webster thursday at 7 and st mary's visits ravenswood at 7 30 friday log on to 1455 media.com slash live that's the word 14 and the number 55.com slash live it's the moran construction game of the week on 1455 sports
0: Stay connected with us on Facebook, like our page, the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. While you're there, answer our weekly poll question and feel free to share your comments or questions. Eric will get to those on a future edition of the show.
1: Let's take a look at last week's poll question we asked you. Per his Twitter feed, Wheeling Central quarterback Curtis McGee said a knee injury suffered last Friday has prematurely ended his senior season. Based on that news, will Wheeling Central make a return trip to the Super 6? Why or why not? Without Curtis McGee, will Wheeling Central make a return trip to the Super 6? Why or why not? We had 23 votes in the poll. 57% of you said no, and 43% of you said yes. 57% said no. Wheeling Central will not make a return trip to the Super 6 without quarterback Curtis McGee. And just 43% of you said yes. We did have one comment. It came from Taryn Malone, who says, I'd say Central Catholic returning to the Super 6 is up in the air at this point, with Central heading down to the lower portion of the bracket. And without McGee, Central may have to face some challenges within the top eight. The way it looks now, Central could possibly play Class A Powers Williamstown, Ritchie County, or even Greenbrier West in the first round on the road. Looking back at the 2017 season, Central Catholic had a 6-4 record and managed to grab a 10-seat in the playoffs. Central fought their way to the Super 6 and won it all over the defending 2016 Class A champion St. Mary's in the 2017 title game. That's something that you don't have to remind folks in this neck of the woods about Taryn, but thank you for your contribution. I appreciate you writing in. My thoughts are this. I think a lot of people sounded the death knell on Wheeling Central when they heard the Curtis McGee injury news, and that is very, very, very premature, as I said on last week's show. As Taryn just pointed out, Wheeling Central won the playoffs in 2017 as a 10 seed. They've won it before as a 16 seed. It's the one program, I think, in the state that has been in this tournament in recent years years, all over the bracket, and it does not phase them in the least to be anywhere around the bracket. I know Wayne was dominant for a while in AA recently, but they were near the top, if not the top, every year when they did that. The same with teams like Bridgeport, Bluefield, Fairmont Senior, since they've been in it. Look at Class AAA, Martinsburg has been the one or the two, pretty close to it every year at Wheeling Island Stadium, since they've been in their dominant run. But Class A is one of those classes where you can be anywhere in that bracket, and as long as you get the matchups that favor you, or stay away from a certain team, you can get to Wheeling Island. Or if you're Wheeling Central, people are scared of you. There's no way to sugarcoat that. No reason to sugarcoat it. There are teams that if you dress Wheeling Central in blank uniforms and put them in your home stadium, they would not be nearly as intimidated until you told them that that was Wheeling Central that they were facing. So while I know Williamstown is good, and Williamstown is battle-tested against Wheeling Central, what's going to happen when Wheeling Central rolls into Ellenborough, or Charmco, or Pendleton County, or say Doddridge County for that matter and plays a road game in the first round then I can have a lot of fans but they don't need that they don't seem to need home field advantage they don't seem to need a particular spot in the bracket they go out and they win because they believe they can win because they come in believing they're the best team in the state and when you do that and you come in believing you deserve to be there amazing things happen Mike Young is a master motivator I don't know what he says or how he does it but boy I wish I did because his teams come ready to play every week last year they played two of their home games at Brook High School because their home field wasn't available. And that didn't phase Central Catholic. So I don't know. I really think somebody has to step up and beat Wheeling Central or just overwhelm their way to Wheeling Island Stadium. But the injury happened with three games left in Wheeling Central's season. That's three weeks for head coach Mike Young and that staff to figure out a way to move the ball to score points and to make that offense and to make that team work without Curtis McGee. It's a lot of time because, you know, they're going to be in the playoffs somewhere, somehow. But you give them that much time and I think they can make it work. I think until they don't get there, that's definitely a team that's favored to get there. I don't know that it's as ironclad as it was before. I certainly would pass pencil them in, I wouldn't put it in ink or rubber stamp like I might have in August, but I would certainly pencil them in, and maybe even Williams Williamstown too for that matter until someone steps up and proves to me otherwise. We've talked about the Metro News Power Rankings. I'm about to drop some news on you here. The Metro News Power Rankings are an opinion poll, and I've seen some comments on social media about why is Wheeling Central still getting first place votes. They're still getting first place votes, most likely, because they're a relevant team in this state, and they're a team that, until someone steps up to beat them, you believe that they're the favorite. But moreover, Williamstown got a first place vote, and I'm here to tell you who that vote belonged to, and that vote belonged to me. Because while I think Wheeling Central is going to get to Wheeling Island, I think the way William Williamstown is playing right now, that puts them front and center in that Class A title race. I know you're saying, well, what about Doddridge County? They're unbeaten too. I need to see something from Doddridge County. And I promise you this, if Doddridge County wins against Williamstown this week, my first place vote will go to the Bulldogs on Sunday. But until then, until Doddridge County knocks off somebody big in the playoffs or wins a game that they're not supposed to win, and this Williamstown game would constitute that for these Bulldogs, then I need to see something more from them. I know they've dominated in their game this year, and I know you can't knock them for strength of schedule, because their schedule is what it is, and they've gone and done what they've been asked to do. They haven't allowed a point since September. Four straight shutouts for them, five shutouts in all for Doddridge County this year, but they've largely not done it against some of the top opposition in the state. They beat Ritchie County in a game that I think Ritchie County would probably like to have back. They didn't start really well. Most of Doddridge's wins are not of the quality of Williamstown's wins, and Doddridge County hasn't had to overcome the obstacles that Williamstown has. The injuries, the rugged schedule, things like that. So, I I think Wheeling Central is a team that certainly is the favorite to go to Wheeling Island, or a favorite to go to Wheeling Island. Remember, I didn't say well, Wheeling Central will repeat as state champions. I said well, Wheeling Central will make a return trip to the Super Six, so it's one of two. I think Wheeling Central will be one of two, and I still think Williamstown is going to be one of two. The rest of the bracket and the rest of Class A could prove me wrong, and if that happens, I'll be the first to admit it. Like I said, Doddridge County, County will earn my vote if you can win against Williamstown on Friday. Pendleton County, Ritchie County, you're up. It's time for you to prove yourself. Anybody else that's up in that upper half of Class A. I'm not saying it's wide open, but it is a little bit more open than it was in August because of this Wheeling Central news. However, I still think Wheeling Central finds a way to get it done to get back to the Super 6. This week's poll. Should coaches of West Virginia playoff teams be allowed to choose playoff sites, dates, times, etc., or should that be set by the WVSSAC? Again, should coaches of West Virginia playoff teams be allowed to choose playoff sites, dates, times, etc., or should all or some of those things be predetermined by the WVSSAC? SSAC. Why or why not? This is an interesting poll. I'm looking forward to hearing some of your thoughts on this one. I have plenty of thoughts on this, and we'll talk about that much more in depth next week. It's always a big rivalry, but one of the biggest games in the area this week is on the Ohio side as Frontier takes on River. The Pilots are five and four under head coach Mike Flannery. The Cougars are seven and two under head coach Russ Morris. That's a tough two, as we said earlier in the program, two losses by three points each, including a loss to Monroe Central, where Monroe Central came back from a 22 to six deficit to win 25 to 22 over Frontier. So now instead of eight and one or even nine and zero, Frontier comes in at seven and two. It's a must-win for the Cougars. If they win, they're in River head coach Mike Flaherty tells me that the Pilots need to win and they need to have Sims Valley lose and have Eastern win to get in the playoffs and whoever wins would play in that postseason matchup on Saturday. I had a chance to visit with both of these coaches earlier this week and Frontier says it's been a tough season but the Cougars have rallied around quarterback J.T. Schmidt.
0: He's got some good kids to throw to and you know Logan Brook over and Caleb McCurry and uh, Tanner Bills and Breckenhoff and you know we got two good guys run the ball and Noah Barnhart Joe Lewis and our guys up front have done an outstanding job on the offensive line. Uh, you know, so we've done a lot of good things. Uh, like I said, we've the two games we got beat. We, you know, we scored twenty-two points on Friday, and we scored uh, thirty-three points in our loss to Catholics. So you know, and our defense has played real good all year. Now you hate losing, but you also, like I said, you have to look at the big picture. And and our team is way different than it was last year, and our program's way better shaped than it was last year.
1: What are your impressions of the Pilots? Looking at them on tape? Yeah, they're pretty good. They're a
0: very good football team. You know, Mike Flannery is an excellent football coach. He's going to throw all kind of different stuff at. You. uh he's got a lot of good players you know they're a very good football team you know i think maybe they're five and four but they've lost to four really good football teams so uh, mm-hmm. their record's a little bit misleading but you know we're going to go out there and get prepared and you know we gonna have to we have to go in with the mindset we're going to win the football game or we shouldn't even come friday so we're going to go in with that mindset and prepare just like his kids are going to come in with the mindset that they're going to win the football game and uh and i i think it'll be a good football game
1: that's Frontier head coach Russ Morris. River head coach Mike Flannery says his pilots are battle-tested. They had a battle at the quarterback position to start the year, and since then his team has coalesced around their quarterback, and it's largely been upward from there on out.
0: It was all about the quarterback situation coming
1: in this year. There were three guys vying for it, but Stone Thompson won it out fairly and has done a great job as, you know, I say managing the ball, but man, he throws a nice football, and,
0: and he's a threat to uh, people that we play that, you know, they can't let their guard down because
1: we are capable of throwing. On the football. Young guys, uh depend on some freshmen coming in. The other night, you know, we, we started four freshmen. I look at it differently than maybe some other people. I look at it as, okay, this is great because this is the future for us and, and we're playing Division Seven football, I understand, but when you play and start four freshmen on the football field, that says something about the future. That's River Pilots head coach Mike Flannery. River and Frontier meet on Friday night to determine a spot in the playoffs. The winner could get in. Frontier can get in with a win. River needs to win and get help. The loser will definitely go home. I think it goes without saying that River Frontier matchup is one of our games of the week. Other games that I'll have an eye on this week. How about Parkersburg South and Wheeling Park? It's the last big road test to the regular season for Parkersburg South. Could be the last time in a long time that they have to go on the road. They'll finish up with PHS next week and then if the Patriots win out they could be at home the entirety of the postseason or at least the entirety of their postseason. It's possible the next time they play on the road could be at Wheeling Island Stadium where we'll also be on Friday as Parkersburg South takes on 6-2 and Wheeling Park. Not only is it the last time to be on the road for a while but it's maybe their toughest test of the season against a very good Wheeling Park team and quarterback Alex Dunlevy, And then PHS and Huntington. That's a 5-3 and three Big Red squad and a 4-4 four and four Huntington team that's tougher. And that's probably better and more physical than the record might indicate. So that's going to be a game that isn't quite an elimination game for the playoffs. But in, in a lot of years, it has been. That kind of a matchup has been an elimination game. Both of those teams stand to get in that they'll have work to do in Week 11. But a big step up for whoever wins that game. Our seven Rangers radio games this week. Light Rock 93R has St. Mary's on the road at Ray. Ravenswood. That'll be a tough one because Ravenswood always plays hard at home. WXCR has Tyler Consolidated on the road at Valley. That's a game that Tyler Consolidated needs to win. and V 96 night will have Parkersburg South on the road at Wheeling Park. Coverage on all three stations begins Friday at 6 p.m. with countdown to kickoff. Don't forget, you can write us, rate us, and review us on iTunes, subscribe on iTunes, or through SoundCloud, and listen for new episodes of the pod every Wednesday. And again, next Wednesday is the last regular season episode, and then we'll go into the playoffs. It's hard to believe this season is flying right by as it is. We Week 13 in the books. Episode 13 in the books. Thank you for listening this week. My name is Eric Little. We will talk to you next week with another edition of the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. And until then, have a great rest of your week and enjoy the games, everybody.
0: This has been the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and vote in our weekly poll. Come back next week for another new episode. And thanks for listening.